Okay, so just to inform the listeners that uh, there's basically an article that was written of a leaked uh, phone conversation between uh, Rachel Nichols and ESPN, so probably one of the workers there. And it was pertaining to Maria Taylor. She hosts the NBA Countdown. Right. So basically during this phone conversation, I actually have the transcript. Rachel stated, she wrote on the phone conversation that, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. And Nichols said in July 2020. So this was last year. Right. During the playoffs. If you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You are not talking. You're not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. So, Ooh. Kind of playing, she's kind of playing that that white privilege card Ooh. on there. Yeah, and then, yeah. And this was pertaining to the NBA playoffs, uh, specifically the NBA Finals last year, where Maria Taylor actually worked them. So clearly, she wasn't too happy about the decision from ESPN. But as much as people are kind of throwing shade on her, which I could say that's deserved from those comments, I really do think that the bigger slap in the face is to ESPN on this one. Well, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, given their history of how we've seen things with their hosts anyways. So, um, you know, Jamel Hill and Michael getting out of there. I can't remember what the show was with Michael and Jamel. His and hers. Sorry, the, mm-hmm. the, those hosts. Plus the whole Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, yeah. That's yeah. Nice. And like, they just have um, a history of, <laughs> there's a history of this. There's a acronym that goes with ESPN. I won't say it here, but. Yeah. Know, let's there's it's never it's not forgotten <laughs> definitely not i'll say that yeah i'm fortunate to hear those things unfortunate to hear those comments uh, yeah i mean it sucks i mean it's kind of shady also to note that i think if you read the article more in depth it seems like there was a bit of a punishment for this or there was something because of the leak or i don't know i i had read somewhere also that apparently Rachel wasn't disciplined for it and in fact the other woman who I think I believe recorded it who is black I think she got suspended two weeks without pay or something like that which is ridiculous but all right no no ESPN's got their own problems they got to clean that shit up specifically since you know Disney and yeah they're they're owned by Disney yeah that Paul Pierce couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there right this goes back a long way too, right? Like there was analysts that could go on certain shows. Yeah, like, very true. Like that's kind of, I don't know. I just think that's ridiculous. Like, to me, if you're a major network like that, wouldn't you want your your personalities to get on uh, as many shows as possible, regardless of whether you're quote unquote competing against them, even though you're not, like, you just want more and more exposure. Well, but, even when you look at the contract breakdowns of everybody too, like. Yeah. Do you think Stephen A. Smith is under was underpaid by ESPN? Yeah, I'm sure he was. So, and you look at the other analysts, like as compared, like I can't I can't remember the exact numbers, but I do remember this being a coral, a coral too, where it was. I don't want to say it, Max. I want to say they were comparing what Tony Romo was doing for. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's what it was. It was Skip to Steve. Yeah, there was no way because they were together, right? They yeah. they had their show for a while. Yeah, that was probably their best decision was to get rid of Skip Bayless. Yeah, and it worked I out for both of them. I mean, to a degree, 
I would say it worked out better for ESPN, but that's just, I, I don't know, you got another Mickey Mouse freaking network over there in Fox Sports. That are... <laughs> well, yeah, they own everything, man. So we're going to see that takeover happen and continue, except for this network, which is HBO, which will be hosting Hard Knocks. <laughs> yeah, so the Cowboys will be on Hard Knocks. Well, first, first observation and very, very important thing to note. This is the third time and they're the only team to do it three times. And uh, the only team to appear three times on Hard Knocks is the Dallas Cowboys. Pardon me for fumbling my words there. And so naturally, me being me, I wanted to see what their records were. Okay. So in 2008, that's the second appearance. They went from 13 and three in 2007 to nine and seven. In 2008. Okay. In 2002, which is 2001 to 2002. 2001, they went 5 and 11. 2002, they went 5 and 11. Okay. I see a little parallel here. I don't want to, you know, my my uh, my hot take radar has been backfiring quite well lately. So I don't want to paint a picture here, but if I'm looking... Well, actually, it's also important to note that 13 teams have appeared on hard knocks. Six of them have gone to the playoffs and only two have gone on fairly deep playoff ranks. And Which that's one? more so in the last couple of years. I believe it was the Jets. Okay. And um, I believe the Cincinnati Bengals when they lost to the Steelers in 2015. Okay. Obviously, two of the last years we've seen the Rams. So I don't really need to speak about their success disregarding them. Let's play executive producer here and let's play cowboy fan here storylines to look for yeah what's the most interesting storyline that you have going into hard knocks michael parsons <laughs> point blank <Yeah>. period <laughs> what what does what does my secondary look like what are we doing here to address this that's kind of what i'm going at here i, th- I think you're you're kind of it'd be nice to see what they have in store especially on their secondary uh they really didn't make anything too drastic of a move to bolster that secondary up. Also, I'm looking at uh, the rehabilitation of Dak Prescott, especially specifically that knee. How is that knee going to bounce back? Like, what are they doing differently? What, you know, what can be done to make sure that that injury doesn't reoccur again? Maybe another storyline is probably going to be how's that O line? Yeah, you know what. what- what type of shape is Ezekiel Elliott in? That's going to be another one. Is he eating Camara cereal? We don't know. These are the <laughs> questions that need to be answered. Is Dan As- Quinn acting like he's still in Atlanta? <laughs> if you're a Cowboys fan, hope- hopefully not. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, um, big, big thing I found out. I was just doing, as I was reading about the Cowboys and their appearance and doing that research today, I did find out that why um, Philadelphia was taken out was because whenever you change your head coach, you are actually allowed to withdraw from hard knocks. So the moral of the story is, if you're a team and you don't want to be on this show, fire your coach. That's right. It's pretty don't, simple. Don't keep Mike McCarthy longer than you had to do, like Green Bay. <laughs> they had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that guy. I've never been a fan of him. I I'm sure he's a nice human being, but his coaching style sucks. Okay, here's another one. How many episodes till we see Jerry Jones lose it? Uh, episode three. Oh, no, no, no. It's only five episodes. 
So let's be let's be clear. Um, I, I give it to the start of the second episode. Yeah, right, right, that's after, right, yeah. right after the first preseason game. <laughs> Uh, okay and who okay what does he lose it on though um or who does he lose it on could even be another case hmm. i i feel like it's going to be the safety they drafted from lsu just why what, what thoughts on that one? Uh, just a stab in the dark <laughs> uh, i don't think okay. it's a, i don't think it's a, the wide receiving core because they seem pretty solidified i don't think it's zeke because zeke's production almost depends on dak and uh, the O-line production. I don't even think we'll see Zach, uh, Dak or Zeke that much or Amari or C.D. Lamb. So, yeah, I think it's going to be more focused on the rookies. So Micah's going to have those growing pains that he has to go through, but I don't really expect that to happen until the actual uh, regular season. And when we start to see more first-team first lineups, and I just – I'm going to – pick on a rookie because so for what it's worth i think he loses it on the kickers but that's just me <laughs> jabril cox yeah oh he's yeah he's a good player too though yeah but he's gonna get chewed out because trevon grimes is gonna blow coverage <laughs> yeah if i'm not mistaken i think we have a kicking we have a kicking battle in uh in dallas and i'm pretty certain that that's where i'm i'm gonna leaning on this one i think he loses it because either the guys aren't what he wants or Maybe he's feeling, I don't know, maybe he's just pulling an old Jerry on this one and just losing it. <laughs> There's always unsung heroes that come along in hard knocks and some some introductories to some good ones. Like when they were doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we got introduced to Carl Nassib. When they were doing the then Oakland Raiders, or I should say Las Vegas Raiders, they showed Darren Waller. And obviously, we saw what he's become. What group position do you think will be the first to emerge with that kind of a talent for the Cowboys, if they have one? Receiver. Receiver? We'll find a gem in there that somebody that they gravitate towards, which will be hilarious because the fan base will be clamoring that this player uh, plays over Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb <laughs> because he's that great. No. Um, <laughs> I get yeah, your first round pick and the fact that we're paying him $15 million a year. Maybe tight end. I could also That's see where tight I was end. Go. That's where I was yeah. going to go. Just because I think there's still a little bit of an uncertainty there. I know they have high expectations for Blake Jarwin, but he's coming off of an injury. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I think they they like him, but as a backup. Sure. So, so if somebody emerges, you know, maybe we see a wide receiver transition to a tight end via like uh, Waller on this one. I don't know. I, if I was to say that's one area that some people might gravitate towards, I, I'm probably going to say it's on the offensive side of the ball and it's definitely going to be a, a pass catcher. Fair enough. They still have some dogs on that side of the ball too on the defense on that line. They just don't have a linebacker coach or a defensive coordinator. Yeah, Thanks, Dallas. I mean, <laughs> Thanks, Dallas. <laughs> no, that's what I'm banking on. <laughs> so, yes. But I don't know what this means for the Cowboys as a whole. I just know that still they're going to – they have a lot of holes in that secondary as well still. They're putting a lot of tr- trust into the rookies. I believe Dallas spent every single draft pick on, on defense this year as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm looking at that too right now. And so maybe a lot of camera and emphasis on – camera time and emphasis on that uh, this year on Hard Knocks. 
Do you think Dallas pulls off a trade? Ooh. Between no. now and August? No. No? No. If anything, and I'm still looking at that free agent pool at corner. There's still some notable names there. I mean, Steven Nelson's still on the uh, free agent market, which I really hope he doesn't go there. But yeah, I, I think we'll probably get a glimpse into what they're going to do at that second corner position. I think they might make a trade between now and hard knocks. I don't think it's going to be for like a Gilmore type of player. I think that the salary is too high for them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got maybe a team's second or third corner. And they're kind of hoping that this guy can muster up the same magic that he had, or you know what I mean? Or breach his potential. So we'll Uh, see. Not for nothing. I've seen a couple of players on the Texans that are corners that might be traded. I'm just trying to remember this. Bradley Roby, that's who. Sorry. I, yeah, something like that would definitely help them. It'll be interesting. Uh, even, like, it's funny. There is talk that maybe Cox might even play linebacker a little bit too. Which is so – but it's so weird to me. So, they're going to play – if they play Cox at linebacker, obviously we know that they declined Van Der Esch's fifth-year option. Right. Drafting Micah and then converting Keanu Neal – to safety from linebacker. So I'm just already looking at this and scratching my head a little. Well, if, if maybe it depends on the package. Maybe they're going to have uh, Cox and Neal to p- kind of play that um, Rover-esque kind of... Touche. Maybe they might line up as it start lining up as a safety and then drop into more of a linebacker coverage, depending on what the play call is. I'm curious. A lot of intrigue for, for the Cowboys this season. I have to say, I have a lot of intrigue on that. that division's wide open. We've talked about this multiple times. I don't think there's really a favorite. And if anybody says there is a favorite, then they haven't watched this division at least last year. Oh, I mean, and to, to quote Ryan Clark, like if we're looking at Washington, right? Like when has a team ever been like, I'm a Ryan Fitzpatrick away from being in the Super Bowl? Exactly. Back to Dallas, though. A healthy Dak, a healthy Zeke. A healthy Amari, seen, seen it before. They were a 500 team. So yeah. if they want to get over the hump this year, they're going to have to play over their heads as far as I'm concerned. I've got very modest expectations for them. So would I be shocked if they go 10 and 6? No. But would I also be shocked if they go, oh, sorry, 10 and 7? Let's yes. look at yeah, this yeah. extra game. I won't be shocked, but if they go, say, the opposite, 7 and 10, that's not going to shock me either. No, I mean, I think of – so I think of the Dallas Cowboys kind of like the Brooklyn Nets. Look Like their offensive power is astounding when you look at it, but their defense is almost okay. ne- negative. So we have to win by outscoring you. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that reference there. I, just fine. Context is important in that reference. <laughs> you – they remind me a lot of that dream team Philly team. Don't say that. <laughs> That's not good for them. <laughs> Listen, no, it's not good until it's only good when I hear somebody declare it. That's, uh, that's when I'll be like, oh, okay, we're here now. Perfect. This is all yeah. I needed in my life. <laughs> and for the listeners who don't know what the dream team Philly was, well, that was the Vince Young era of Philadelphia Eagles football. Which, Nam, the, Nam the awesome war. Yeah. 
Let's just say it didn't go so well. <laughs> they had oh, won man, the offseason. after that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they won the offseason that year, but oh man, we're still looking for wins. Again, I don't think that it's this year, but who knows? Let's see. Let's see what happens on the field. It's the only way we can really gauge what, like, how good the Cowboys are going to be. I like to wait. I'd say let's wait till about week five or six to see where where this team is at before jumping to conclusions with them. So take absolutely nothing from Hard Knocks. You heard Zach. Pretty much. Um, is Zach is sorry? Wow, is Dak Prescott a shoe in for like comeback player of the year already? No, because he needs to prove it. Okay. I I hate giving guys comeback of the year with, until they've actually stepped out onto the Ooh. field. Can can you help me remind or can you help remind me of who you would go against that isn't a member of the Philadelphia Eagles? Sorry? I said, could you help me remind me? Can you help remind me of someone he well who will be in that category uh right for, now that oh, isn't for, a member of the Philadelphia Eagles? Because I know all of those already. Oh, I know who's gonna win comeback as player of the year already. Who's that? Carson Wentz. Oh but, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> Come back from that disastrous season last year. Oh, man. The shoe-in. Um, yeah, that was I, bad. <laughs> <laughs> jokes aside, though, I'm trying to think of who came back. Who had a disastrous injury? I, I still think it might be a Saquon. Yeah, there's oh, that. Christian you know, McCaffrey. I know Christian, McCaffrey didn't yeah, exactly. come back. Um, they didn't come back. Kind of give him a pass there. Odell. Yeah. There's so many. There's, there's, a, so there's many some players. interesting competition there, actually. For sure, and and you know what, I we're also being naive to the fact that we haven't named one single defensive player. Fair. I'm sure if we saw that some a couple of the names that popped up, we'd be like, oh yeah, that guy absolutely helps his team win on Sundays. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Like Bosa should be a at least a contender. Yes, on that one. Here's a better question: What's the minimum numbers Ooh. he needs to have to be? <laughs> Hold on. Before we do that, we have to see what his stats were before he went out because that's almost the timeline, right? Like he has to basically meet that. I got it here. What do you want his career numbers or just just last year's till he left? Okay, so five yeah. So he played five games. Yep. 68% completion rate. Okay. He threw for eighteen hundred and fifty-six yards, nine okay. teddies, and four ints. Okay, so let me know if you need any other stat. He's gonna he's got to keep the int to td ratio low, right? It's almost got to be like it's got to be at least like twenty to five. Okay, well, minimum comeback player of the year. I would say you're looking at, on average, like, okay, let's back up here. Just before the injury, okay, his four seasons, he threw 23, 22, 22, and 30 for touchdowns. Okay. What were the picks those seasons? Four, 13, 8, and 11. So, for me, you're looking at throwing at most 12 interceptions. 12 interceptions yeah. at most and probably what 25 pick uh, sorry 25, 25 TDs yeah 25 no I'll take TDs. 25 picks. Yeah. he ain't Jameis Winston <laughs> um, no 20 yeah 25 TDs uh, nine picks I'm gonna say 
I'm going to say he, okay. I'll say this. I'm going to go on record right now. This is my first hot take for the NFL season. I like this. I bet you he throws five picks in the first four games. Five picks in the first four games. Um, he's throwing one against Tampa Bay for sure, and that's opening night. We know that. Um, damn, I, I don't know the rest of their schedule. And the the reason why I'm saying this is because I think he's going to be a little hesitant in the pocket to start. Plus, we don't know the condition of their O-line now. I don't think they made any really big additions. I think they've no. just gotten another year older. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they may have lost, too. They may have lost some depth on the O-line. That's I'm true, not, too. I'm not too certain off the top of my head, but here um, we go. Dallas Cowboys season uh, schedule. Sorry. All right. Here's the schedule. So they play, they play the Bucks in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Then they play the Chargers in LA. Then they're home Burst to early. the Eagles, and then they're home to the Panthers. Okay, they're definitely throwing a pick during the Bucks game. Yes. The Chargers game, I don't know because I need to see what Asante. I know there's two corners. I don't know what they're going to look like without Casey Hayward. And I don't know what to expect from Asante Samuel Jr. So that one's a question mark for me. Um, the Eagles. Get, look, I, I live, I know I'm living in bias, but I, I think the Philadelphia defense has to be um, more ball hawk hungry right now because um, the, just the last two to three years have been atrocious um, in takeaways for them. So I, I know under the new coaching staff and apparent, uh, especially with Gannon being a DB coach, like I, I do think that the takeaways go heavier there. So maybe, maybe I'll support you in this and call two picks in that game. But I don't see him throwing five by that fifth one. I'm sorry, by which one? By the fifth game? Yeah. Okay, my reasoning? Yes. He played five games and threw four. Touche. The year before. Touche. Now you're talking about, I get it, strength of schedule, probably a little easier this year on paper, but I'm all it takes is two in the Buccaneers game. You're right. And, now, and, and, they're, now very, and they're very capable of that. Yeah, now it's a pick per game. Yo, I can't wait for our division breakdowns. Um. <laughs> uh, no, nah, so I, anyway, that's just my hot take. I've got this weird feeling. I'm not going to say that just because he throws a pick doesn't mean that the Cowboys are going to lose or anything no, like that. No, I mean, it could be a meaningless pick in like the third quarter and they're up by, you know, 20 or something like that. Sure. But who knows? Anyway, um, he's getting thrown into the fire. <laughs> I don't know how much preseason action you want to give him. You let him run that fourth game a little more, maybe. Do you, though? There's only three preseason. Oh, there is four for this year. Oh no, is there? The Hall of Fame game? game. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Okay, that makes sense. Even you, even you guys, like three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was gonna say I was like I could have sworn we had three, but yeah. Okay. No, it's the Hall of Fame game. Anyway. Um, yeah. What you give him? So what you give him one? 
maybe an opening drive here or there. You can't put him out there for like a quarter or even a half in one of these games. You're yeah. really – you're playing with fire. You are, but look, it's also his timeline and how he's projected to heal, right? So right now he's only projected to be ready for week one. There you go. I don't know. That could also I'll be t- the caveat. So I'll I'll stick I'll stick to my my five and four. Anything else on hard knocks you want to cover? Hard knocks, no. But in terms of athletes and athletics, yes. Oh, and that is going here. <laughs> NCAA, baby. Yes. So NCAA athletes now can be paid and Barstool is making a killing right now, by the way, they're just, they're going out grabbing athletes left, right and center to sponsor. So, yeah. So for clarity, it's payment through sponsorship, not payment through the school. Correct. Yes. Congratulations. First of all, that's, you know, well overdue. Right. Uh, Okay. First topic I'd like to bring up. Mm -hmm. Should the NCAA give Reggie Bush back his Heisman? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. It's that simple. This doesn't – close-cut case, man. This this has been a stupid rule in place for a really long time. I think anybody who has fallen victim to this should have their name. They should remove the asterisks from their name, yes. put them back in the record books honor them for what they did and then case closed. That's it. That's all. They're part of the reason students went to their programs after and made them thrive. So yeah, you, you owe it to them still. Exactly. So as far as I'm concerned, go for it, do it. And I hope these kids get paid. Yeah, me too. I, I really do. And I like I like what's, what's happening right now too. It's not just football and basketball. I think people, I know it appeals most of America and, and a lot of, uh, well, North America, I should say, mm-hmm. Canada too, as well. But I'm seeing now volleyballers, uh, volleyball players are getting paid. We've got wrestlers getting paid. We've got uh, women's hockey players getting paid. Good. Perfect. I'm good. good. I'm good with that. Pay them three, all. Three of the most underappreciated like athletes that exist are in those sports. So. Yep. I'm, so I'm, I, I'm glad to see this. That being said. Which former NCAA athlete would have benefited from making the most money? Who missed out? I feel like the layup is Zion. Okay. I feel like the layup is Zion just because of the marketability marketability that he had before college. But then again, it was one and done too. So those shoes blew up quick on him. (laughs) (laughs) Zach with the puns today. Also, just a quick little note. We're recording this on July 4th, so happy uh, <laughs> happy July 4th to our American listeners. Speaking of blowing up, just please make sure that your hands are to your sides when the... <laughs> just to the sides when those fireworks go off because we don't want to end up like Jason Pierre-Paul. JPP, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to get that off my chest before we continue. Did you hear JPP's story of playing rock, paper, scissors? And all I could throw was rock? (laughs) Ouch. Um, So, no, I I feel like the layup was Zion. um, Football is a little bit harder to market, and and that's just because players are there with face masks on, so you don't at least get that really get that face time. I disagree on this one. Do you? 
Yeah. You know who my athlete is? Oh, please. Number 15 from Florida. Tim Tebow would have made a killing off of that. At one point, Tim Tebow had the highest selling jersey in all of America. Which church would have been on this jersey, man? Come on now. The Leviticus? <laughs> Not Scientology, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody would have definitely benefited from this, I think it would have been Tebow. Just because he was the face of college football, at least for the three or four years that he was playing there. Honorable mention, Johnny Manziel. Oh, yeah, he would have killed that. Johnny Manziel. Manziel. Lynch. <laughs> Fun fact about Johnny Manziel. He... <laughs> He stepped foot in Florida after the season was over. I think it was his junior year and made $33,000. Oh, my God. In a matter of, like, a couple of weeks. Oh, man. Imagine telling somebody who hasn't seen a single dime playing college football at the highest level, being the face of college football. Here's thirty-three grand. you are cool, Just though. shut just shut piece up and don't up. say anything. Yeah. Let's piece this up now and you're out. Um, it's crazy. My mind went to the wide receivers. Uh, I went almost any any wide receiver from Bama. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. Actually, would, would Nick have let that? With, with social media nowadays, it's a little bit harder to, you know, control people because, like, you can only keep, like, Julio Jones hidden for so long. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so true. So true. Um, uh, yeah. It sucks because, like, well, not sucks, but like, because the names that I'm thinking of, like the athletes that are translating to the game today, which are popping off more on social media, like, I can't really remember what they were like in college and like how renowned they were in college. Like, so it's tough. Like, I think Cam Newton would have definitely. Fair would have definitely popped off from that. He was super successful in college and it would have definitely rubbed Ooh, off on him. Charles Woodson. Mm, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think. Reggie Bush, obviously. Some of the running backs. I think some of the running backs definitely could have made could have made bank on that. It's like there was that guy from Oregon, Michael James, I think. He didn't have a really successful uh, NFL career, but he was a superstar for yeah. the longest time. Your uh, boy Rodrigo, the dude, rocket ship, blanket ship would have been dude. crazy with a sponsorship. First of all, he, he should have been <laughs> he should have been sponsored by some eyewear company right away. Two, you could have fans in the stands wearing glasses, just like or goggles, I should say. Your just, boy you has a Rick Flair sponsorship too. So, oh, perfect. Oh man, they could have definitely have capitalized on that. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia actually could have capitalized on a lot of people. Yeah, uh, Gurley. Yep, Gurley was the top running back for the longest time. Even Saquon, Saquon at yeah. Penn State would have been huge. From a, I'm trying to think from a basketball standpoint, anybody else? Zion would be the biggest. Uh, RJ, not so much. Going back to no. the other draft class, Vince. Mm. Vince definitely could have. Vince would have been nice. I feel like Trey Young might have been marketable too. Yeah, Trey Trey Young definitely would have been up there. Yeah, Russ, yeah, LA would have been huge. Actually, actually, the balls. Yes, that's where uh, I was about to go yeah. to next. Yeah, Lonzo for sure, hundred percent. Kevin Durant, 
Yep. KD would have been huge because yeah. KD out of that draft, he went number two. Who went number one that year? Mm, that was 2007, 2008. Oh, this is going to make me so angry. Um, who went behind Kevin Durant when he got drafted to the Super- Seattle Supersonics? Or who went in front of him? Oh, my God. Why? I, I don't have it. This guy was considered a man amongst boys when he played college basketball. Greg Oden? <laughs> yes. Greg yes. Oden went ahead of him? It was Oden number one. Yeah, I mean, he was a generation. He was supposed Wait, to be the no, generational. No, no, no. He wasn't yeah. number one. Wasn't yeah. then that would, Wouldn't there be two picks ahead of him? No, Oden went oh, one. Oh, no, because I'm thinking of LaMarcus Aldridge with um, Andrea yeah. Barnani. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Oden went one and two was Kevin Durant and three was Al Horford. Mike Conley went four in that draft. And Jeff Green went five. I got a Duke player that would have been great from, besides Zion, that probably would have been great with a sponsorship. Go for it. J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick would have been huge. Yeah, yeah. J.J. Redick. Grace Knapp, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Him and Christian Leitner would have been. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, so – I mean, I've come to realize through this podcast of your distaste for Duke. Yet, oh, <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Yet, oh, you, you caught that. <laughs> your favorite player on your team, on your favorite team, played at where? Duke. Yeah, at Duke. I know. Oh, <laughs> I didn't tell him to go sure. there. I didn't. I didn't tell him to go there. Oh. I, I have no allegiances to Duke. I just I can appreciate the products that come out of there. Thanks, Coach okay. K. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that the other day and I was like, oh crap. I'm like, I gotta bring this up to him. Of course. <laughs> I Look, completely forgot that's that. It's a hard list, man. Like Kyrie played one game and then was like, I'm out. <laughs> oh my god, it's true. Eh? He was over there. Yeah. It, the Duke, the Duke roster, like <laughs> is is ridiculous when you look at it. I always screw up on players that went to Kentucky and ones that went to Duke. I always John Wall went to Kentucky. Kentucky had a crazy team that year, too. DeMarcus Cousins. Yes, and there was another player. Rondo was already in the league. I can't remember. Who else was Hold on. Not the Morrises, no. They had John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, my Eric, God. B- Eric Bledsoe and Patrick Peterson all on their team. And That's well, ridiculous. They had, like, nine players go to the league off that team. DeAndre Liggins. Yeah. Darius Miller. Mm-hmm. But imagine in college, you send out a starting five of Cousins, Patterson, Miller, Bledsoe, and Wall. Um, Even Kansas. Kansas had some pretty good yeah, players, too. Come the on. Jayhawks are nice. The Jayhawks are nice. Paul Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Before we uh, switch gears, though. Yep. Uh, you never told – well, yeah, actually, Ooh. We, we, we covered enough of that. Yeah. Kentucky – Jamal Murray, too, his team was pretty stacked. Oh, shit. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Anyway, yeah, sorry, you were saying? Oh, no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Um, okay. I was going to say you didn't say a name, but then I was like, oh, yeah, we shifted to fo- football, and here we are now. N- name for what, though? Um, for the athlete that would. Oh, Tebow, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I just. I think about how many Republicans would be wearing the team. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez might have walked. Um. Oh. <laughs> By the way, we need that 30 for 30. Yeah, we need 100%. That. 
That Gator 30 for 30. Cam Newton holding that in the closet somewhere right now, man. Why do you think he went to, to New England? <laughs> he had somebody great vouch for him. That's why. Secrets, man. Secrets. Secrets. <laughs> uh, anything else you wouldn't want to touch upon that for the athletes getting paid? No, just wish they would have done that sooner. I mean, oh, dude, Mike with a sponsorship back then? <laughs> <laughs> How did we leave out the guy? <laughs> I was thinking about just like current, but yeah, if you want to go that far back, oh yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would have been ridiculous. Even David Davidson, man, because if you think about when they started to have their come up between Curry and Blake, yo, Blake Griffin too would have been crazy in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, a lot of money lost, unfortunately, but yeah. Cheers to the cheers to the kids. Oh, oh, this is actually a good question. Now that. Now that you can get paid sponsorship dollars, okay, will that entice more of the top recruits in basketball to go the college route rather than go the G League route? Ooh, that is that's a great question. Um, because we talked about this before about how the G League yeah. is such a viable team because you get A, you get paid, B, you get they are willing to still provide you with an online education, yeah, and then C, you get to basically train like a pro. You know what the issue is going to become one day? What's that? When when an athlete has a sponsorship that pays more than the coach's contract? It's happening. It's going to happen. Like and, that's that's the inevitable. And you know what sport is going to be? It's well, not going to be basketball. It's, it's going to be football. football. Yeah. And it's going to be a stud it it's going to be a Trevor Lawrence by the way. There's another one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a Trevor Lawrence. The thing about basketball is or to usually, Marcus Russell. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Listen, he was, it, it he was go either way, man. Dude, Popeyes would have made a killing off of that. <laughs> uh, I went fire today. Um, I haven't even checked the scoreboard yet, but I'm pretty sure you're shooting lights out. <laughs> Call me Clay. <laughs> uh, pre-injury. But back to what I was saying, though, about the uh, – why I th- – wait why I think it would be basketball over sorry, why I think it would be football over oh, basketball man. is basketball because like you said, it's the one and done. Yeah. Right. I don't know what the understanding is. The, is the sponsor going to be more geared towards, I guess it also depends on the sponsor. Are they geared towards it, the player itself or yes, are they geared towards in, the in, team? In, independent sponsors to each player. I get that. But what I'm saying is, is that sponsor focusing on more of like, if you're a sponsor right now, right. are you focusing on the guy who plays at Weber State or are you focusing on the guy who plays at Duke? Duke, of course. Right. But if the guy from Weber State has a longer career, not only not that he has a longer career, but he has a better, uh, I guess, trajectory. Like he, there's a chance that he could be a top five. I'm not saying he's a number one pick. I'm saying he's a, he's a top five pick versus the player who's at, Der- uh, at Duke, who's probably a top 10 pick. Right. But so if you're sponsoring him, don't depends how you want to play this. Do you want to play the long game or do you want to play the, the short term? And that's where I think football has the advantage where it's like, you know, you're getting at least three years. Right. With this one guy. Right. So to your point too, I think the other part that you have to look at is the household name for marketing dollars. Mm-hmm. And you're more likely to probably find that in a Duke than you would at a Weber state. Right. So true. But you know. that's, that's what the appeal is going to be. But I, 
I do think that the I'm not saying that anybody's getting a small bag, not to count anybody's pockets or watch anybody's pockets, but um, I do think that like the long-term game for, if you're just trying to stay in the collegiate level, you're mm-hmm. going to be looking at, like you said, that lower, little bit of lower tier school, as opposed to, um, because we know right away, the kids that are going to Duke, they're going to get the big bags. Yeah. But the, and the reason why there's a, the reason why I said Weber State is a guy by the name of Damian Lillard who went there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you know, think about a guy who jumps on his, like who grabs him early, right? I feel like in a sense, it's it's really going to depend. National exposure at the college level, definitely huge. But if you can grab a guy who you think has more longevity and you can definitely maybe ride with, more into his pro career i think i would if i'm a sponsor i think i'd be going more for the long game than the short-term game how many guys from duke actually make the nba i don't oh see so like that's a that's a tough different question that's a different question i haven't even looked into the percentage of that but no uh, but okay but i'm just saying like off the top of your head like not everybody that commits there is a guaranteed to go right no you're you're absolutely right but that's like if we look at um I won't use last year, but I'll be like Zion, RJ. Um, right. I'm pretty sure there was another player in, on that team that went too. Um, you know, they they their players get out and drafted at a higher success rate because you, usually that's why um, athletes choose to go there, whether it's what, when they're recognized with the opportunity to go there, I should say, because not everybody has that opportunity, right? Okay. So athletes apply there because – this is the system that will get them the most exposure. I'll say this. I bet you – I actually just found the name of the player that's probably going to be making the most money right off the gate. Oh? Arch Manning. Oh, Jesus Christ, actually. I didn't even think of that. Yo, he is going to blow the place Oh my God. Uh, has he committed yet? No. No. Arch would be the first guy that I think will definitely hit the bag on that one. It, I, I just see Arch, football Arch has might, a, Arch might be the one under Saban to do it. Yes, 100%. <laughs> the other reason I'm going to side with NFL, sorry, NFL, with football on this one for, for the college level um, in terms of athletes getting more exposure, every Sunday you have a game and the top teams they're on tv right there is national or at least if not national there's at least regional coverage on most of these teams basketball let's be honest it's really until march madness that's when everybody starts paying attention yeah so to that point i i'm gonna start i'm gonna lean that way i don't know how you feel on this are you leaning football as well or i'm i'm fairly neutral i just i kind of want to see how it goes before um, I'm neither would surprise me because, you know, times change as they always do. So you know, there's a point when college basketball is bigger right now, college football might be bigger this year. And like, that might be the next wave and here we go. So, um, I'm just kind of neutral. I'm not going to be upset. I'm just kind of happy that athletes that have to, you know, practice school and pay their shit off can yeah. finally actually have the help that they need. For sure. And <laughs> I, I, I feel honestly, I feel better now for these guys that 
commit, they get the diploma, well, sorry, they commit to the program and unfortunately their dream gets taken away due to an injury. Right. At least now with a little bit of sponsorship money, maybe that dream might not be a realistic possibility, but at least you put money into your hands to secure a brighter future. That's right. So, And you're not coming uh, out with nothing and just an, and an injury. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you're talking about the Duke team, we mentioned RJ, you mentioned Zion. We forgot about the third player. I forgot about the third player. <laughs> I looked up the third player, and it's a perfect segue into our next into our next next discussion point. Okay. Cam Reddish, Atlanta yes. Hawks. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, Atlanta, Milwaukee. It's over. Stats. <laughs> I got him here. Um, Milwaukee advances to the NBA Finals for the first time since 19, God knows when. 76 or 73, I think. Yeah, when they were led by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Thoughts on the series? Um, first of all, because uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these, uh, I'm – I don't think Giannis will be back for the next round yet. Yeah, it's um, going to be tight. Oh, dude, I saw a picture of him with, like, his knee, like, does not look nice right now. It looks as big as the Easter Conference trophy. Um, <laughs> but so first thing for that is, you know, they're, the Bucks are dealt a tough hand off rip not hit, having the guy that, you know, is a big – reason of why they're here but i did see some things nice from um jay Rue holiday yesterday creating space with zion be- uh, with Giannis not being there mm-hmm. they move well uh brooke lopez is playing big ball and at all um positions on the court whether he's stretching it by shooting the three or catching rebounds because that's apparently they uh alley-oops pardon me but th- catching the alley-oop off rip from <laughs> to start the game um you know, I wish the Hawks would have done more, but obviously Trey, I don't think Trey was 100% healthy to play yesterday either. I think he was still dealing with that ankle, and we saw that in the reflectiveness of his shooting and some of his playmaking, right? So um, congrats to the Bucks. I still hate y'all. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'll save my son's take for after. Zach, what are you, what, how do you uh, feel, brother? <laughs> I mean, going into this series, I thought Milwaukee – Regardless, if you take out Giannis, if you take out Trey Young, I still felt Milwaukee had a better squad overall. Um, the better team won out of this one. I, I can't say much more than that. I know Young, like you said, I know Trey played, but I don't think he was 100%. I'm looking at the numbers here. Milwaukee out-rebounded them by five to- in on, on average throughout the whole their whole series. They beat them in assists. They beat them in steals. They turned the ball over less than Atlanta did. They, they played good basketball. They took to me, care of everything that they should have taken care of, right? Yes, exactly. To be honest, they actually played a lot better this round than they did previously against mm-hmm. the Nets. I, I concur. And again, back to what my original take was, I think that the Bucks are getting over the hump and they deserve to be there. That's it. Unfortunately, Atlanta just didn't have enough left in the tank. If I'm an Atlanta fan, though, you know, be happy. This is a positive. I think your team, I think your team's going to just get better. There's so many good young players that are going to 
improve and get the right big man in there in free agency and they'll be okay. I don't even know if that's even the problem. I mean, you have Capella, you have Collins. Like, no, you're right. Like a team, it's. I don't trust either of those two to guard Giannis. Yeah, that's true. So I'm, I'm looking at like future matchups. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if you can get a second option, that would be even better too, right? For sure. Somebody else that once once Trey goes, if Trey goes down or is having uh, a bad game, somebody else that you can kind of lean on. I, I like what they have, though. I mean, if we talked about this multiple times. Getting Lou Williams helped them out. Yeah. Bogdanovich is awesome. <laughs> you can't say Alinari much. looks great for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just okay. Just to throw this out here, I mean Bogdanovich in the series was averaging fourteen point seven points per game. Gallinari was averaging thirteen point five. Lou Will was a nine point two. Kind That's of okay. wish you got but you got to expect that from Lou now. Yeah, I, on, that's true. On, that's on true average, because he did have that game where he turned up too. True. True. If somebody could maybe get into that twenty range for them, I think that would have helped them. But it is what it is. They'll be back. They'll be back next year. Honestly, <laughs> I disrespected them so much this year. <laughs> to be honest, I had the Knicks killing them. Then in the next round. I had um, Sixers winning. Yeah, I had the Sixers winning. <laughs> so did I. You know, good on you know, but good on Atlanta. To be honest, they proved me wrong. And going into next year, I I have to put them up there as a top five Eastern Conference team right now. Yeah. Um, get Trey Young. No oh, changes wait. aside. Right. No, it was um, a great series. I actually didn't get a chance to watch Game Six last night as uh, I was working this morning, so I kind of called it in early um i watched an in detail recap of what happened and not to give anything away from how i feel about the suns but in game six i feel like they just kind of put their the pedal to the metal and didn't look back and that's exactly what they needed to do to finish off the hawks yeah yeah 100 one thing i noticed too specifically about milwaukee is their depth seems to play more team fundamental basketball without Giannis than with Giannis. And for sure. I'm okay. I'm not saying that having Giannis out is a good thing, but I also think that if I'm a general manager and I'm seeing this, I also kind of understand that your team, the nucleus of your team is very strong. Like, if you if Giannis can somehow figure it out, this team could be a team to be a reckoning force with in the Eastern Conference for the next couple of years. There's not much you need to change on this squad. Giannis needs to work on his free throws and his jumper. And everything else will fall into place. Everything else will fall into place. The way he I'll, stretches the floor, man. It's- and if I'm and if yeah, and if I'm coaching too. If I'm if I'm a Milwaukee coach right now, I'm also wondering if maybe Giannis doesn't have to take as many shots as he usually does. Maybe I should get the ball into you know Holiday's hands or into Middleton's hands a little bit more. Personally, I think Chris Middleton might Looks be better. one of the most underrated. Yeah, he might be one of the most underrated playoff uh, playoff performers right now. Yeah, and we, I was talking about him too. Both, I shot on him at the beginning. I, 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 like I, I, I'm going to say it. <laughs> 
yeah, we both called them out on that. And guess what? Milton came to play. Yep. You can make an argument that he's been the best Bucks Bucks player this whole playoff. But yeah, congrats to the Bucks. I'm just not happy that they're there, but you know, congrats to y'all. I can be petty and <laughs> celebrate y'all at the same time, I guess. <laughs> Switching sides. How about them sons? Yo, I am so happy for Chris Paul and Monty Williams. I, I'm so glad that they got the chance oh to start their career together like that and be here now. And I'm I, so happy the Clippers lost. I think it's kind of dope. <laughs> he got to dub both the Lakers and the Clippers. Sorry, Zach. Yeah, yeah I did too. <laughs> I, hey, listen. <laughs> I'm Team Paul right now, okay? I was pulling for them, but the Clippers wouldn't die. And I have to give props for props to you. Unless, as much as we don't like George. him. Yeah, except for in the last couple of minutes when he needs to hit those three free throws. Got a little Ben Simmons issue in the face. Your take, not mine. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, the Clippers the, the Clippers definitely blew my expectations out. I thought they were going to get rolled in four games. They, they almost lost. Bond went two. I think it went to. Sorry, you were saying? I was like, they almost got rolled over by Dallas. <laughs> exactly. Um, honorable mention, Reggie Jackson was incredible. Yeah. He stepped up huge. Pat Beverly st- uh, needs to cut that bullshit out. I'm done with Patrick Beverly, man. Yeah. Who's the, who is the player that will be like, I think of he's this? one of. I don't know, but I'm, I'm done with the antics and everything. He's not, first of all, he's not as good as people think he is. No. This, this talk, this guy's this huge shut down, you know, point guard. Shut up. Honestly, shut up. He didn't stop Luca. Let's be honest. No. Luca ran all over him. Luca had his way I, with him. <laughs> I'm done with this guy. Honestly, like, go back to being on the bench. Seriously. If I'm a Clippers fan next year, go get another point guard. That might be on the market too. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm fed up with Pat Beverly. I just I don't, think I don't like those antics, man. If I'm walking no. away from you just because you're losing and you push shove me in the back, like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not with that. Sorry. Yeah, and and that's not even clipper bias for me. That's just in general. That's courtesy for your I, courtesy for the for athletes on the on the, on <laughs> out with you. For sure, but it, it it's just the whole demeanor, the whole. You know, he's like pretending to flop and I don't know. Is it, it's fun sometimes and it's a good laugh, but back it up. And I just find he's not backing it up. To be honest, I feel like he's regressing more and more. Since Kawhi got there, I don't think it's been the same Patrick Beverly. Well, it's also telling to note that both um, Pat Beverly and DeMarcus Cousins hate Chris Paul. Not hate, maybe not hate, but. Some of them, you, well, we saw Pat Beverly, but we saw some emotions spewing over from DeMarcus Cousins as well, which begs me to ask, what happened in Houston? I, I know Cousins wasn't well, there, but Pat Beverly was there when Chris Paul was there. I, again, I, I think that whole organization was turned upside down. I Honestly, if, if I was to point the blame somewhere, I'd have to point it to James Harden on this one. Okay. It, I think Harden's team just kind of got out of control. And I think Paul tried to bring it back a little. And I think Paul knows what it takes to win. And 
unfortunately the way that he conducts himself versus how I think the rest of the rocker, uh, the rest of the Rockets team conducts themselves is two completely different matters. And I mean, it's pretty evident. Chris Paul, the bigger the moment, the better he plays. Yep. The guys in Houston seem to shy away. Um, also, you know, I'm glad to see Chris Paul in the moment because I've, we've watched Chris Paul in his playoff appearances in history. There's always an injury. There's always something else that takes him out, like, right before, like, it's about to get golden for them to, to, to proceed. So I'm, I'm very, very happy that Chris Paul gets this opportunity to even play in the NBA finals. He's been the cornerstone. He's been traded. He's been rejected as a trade. He's been traded again. Um, and just to do it this way. And then he decided, Hey, you know, I'm going to go to a, a Phoenix Suns team that most people had written off and just did it right with a bunch of young cats. I want to give a nice little shout out to somebody on the Suns team. Okay. Jay Crowder. Yeah. Can we talk about this guy? Mavericks, Celtics, Cavs, Jazz, Grizzly, Heat, Suns. Guy doesn't miss the playoffs. I know. <laughs> I know. He's got a stretch behind him, eh? Oh. <laughs> um, dude. You know what's really funny to think of at this you wanna, moment, too? What's that? Do you remember Devin Booker's 70-point game a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Instagram exchange between Devin Booker and Jay Crowder? I do not, but... I'm so sure they, it was fantastic. They made Devin Booker take the picture with like holding like like he's Oscar Robinson with the hundred, <laughs> 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 but like put seventy. And apparently, Jay Crowder wrote, okay. "I've never seen so many guys happy after a loss." To which Devin Booker responded with, <laughs> "You you can't guard me." So for them to be teammates now, <laughs> uh, I'm with it. Hey, it's all good here. I mean, DeAndre. Ayton, Looks so great. He was averaging 9.2 rebounds on the defensive side of the ball per game. 13.7 rebounds in total. That was a boards machine out there. Chris Paul. Listen, I'm I'm riding Chris Paul's wave right now. That's the biggest thing. And to see him wrap out this series with 41 points, eight biscuits, and no turnovers, like, I, I'm happy for them, man. I, I'm glad. I did see somebody on Twitter wrote in 2021 that it would be the Bucks Suns finals, and it would be the Bucks. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw just that. They're wrong about that part. But you know what? Suns fans are going for that's what they want right now. Yep. Worth note. Worth noting here. Uh, Suns basically dominated uh, every stat column, team by team matchup, but. Where they really made their mark was free throws. They shot 85.9% in the series versus 77.8. That leads me to our next, well, our final take here. Well, before we segue out of that, I just think it's also important to note, I don't think that the Phoenix Suns trailed in the fourth quarter (laughs) this playoffs. Oh, there wins. you go. <laughs> when sorry, so yes. when they won, when they won, yeah, yeah, and I mean that's a good team right there. That's a team that knows how to get it done and close close series out, which begs me to where I was going with this. Bucks, Suns, who do you got? How many games? Go for it. Suns and ooh, 
who wait 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 very important first who has home court advantage it's going to be phoenix right yes okay sun's in five sun's in six i'll go sun's in six on this one i know i know the the Um, finals game structure is a little bit different i think the home team gets like the last two games in a row as opposed if i'm not mistaken. really I, I could be wrong it used to be like that i'm not, we're, I'm not too we're, sure we're, we're, we're the uh yeah i remember it used to be like that i just don't remember if it's still like that no it's back over okay good so yeah no, I got the sons, they, sons they do it the now i have it in six i think i'm gonna say both teams split the series um two and two on both sides and then Suns win game five and close out in game six in Milwaukee. They don't want to win in Milwaukee, man. <laughs> Fly home <laughs> as quick as possible. <laughs> I'll yeah. say this though. I noticed one thing about the both, sorry, about both these teams, mm-hmm. both these teams didn't shoot the three that well and they had success which kind of it's we might see a new trend that's happening in the nba right now i think we might go back to a little bit of an older an old school basketball approach where it seems that a lot of these boards are coming from inside just you know hard battles knocking shots in uh off the glass do you see this as something that is here to stay or do you think that we're going back to the Running gun, Golden State, whoever can shoot the three more often. Um, so I I view this as because no matter what happens, sports change, but like they always change and they kind of revert back to what it was to the other trend right. because you know eventually the teams like especially basketball teams can get spread out so far that a oh, whole center of the court's open, right? So I just think it's a transition period. I don't think this lasts forever. I do say we maybe seeing this for at least three to four years though if, if this is the current trend um yeah yeah but the hard part is everybody right now wants to be steph curry i find coaches have gotten better at defending the line which means like you said it's a lot of open court in the middle and if you have a dominating big guy or even a couple of big guys down down low get the ball in there and bang away that's easy two points. Mm-hmm. It adds up though after a while. For sure. I get frustrated watching basketball when you see teams forcing threes. Sometimes teams kind of look for the, I guess, more difficult three-point shot than the easy two. Right. I'm hoping that it becomes a – I'm hoping that there is a bit of a trend towards more of a, I guess – inside the paint feel i'm not saying go back to the everything inside the paint type mm-hmm. of basketball i still think your big your big men should be able to have a, at least a bit of a, a jumper should be able to shoot from inside the arc but don't have to be you know two feet away from the net i don't know i i think what Aiton's doing right now should be take, taking notice and i think that more teams will start taking notice of that going forward you're you're absolutely right i think but Aiden also right now has the perfect person to run that with yeah he's in a luxury with having yeah. booker and 
he has Booker and he also has it's Chris uh, Chris Paul. Chris yeah. Paul. He he's even come out and said Chris, Chris Paul coming to Phoenix is the greatest thing that happened to my basketball career. It's it saved me. Like <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like I'm looking at like I'm looking at a guy like Wiseman. Yep. If you're Golden State, do you switch the strategy a little bit? You know, maybe you tell Wiseman, look, like look, you don't have to be the best three-point shooter here. Just dominate rebounds like just whatever we miss grab those buckets you know play big inside develop a little jumper you know a little fade shot outside a little bit just to you know switch it up but you don't we don't need the guy who's seven foot shooting threes no you're right but that also changes the golden state style of ball and the other thing is because we already know that draymond green doesn't shoot the three also like very often because as he said, I have Steph Curry here. Why do I have to do this, right? So right. now if you're doing the same thing to Wiseman and you're like, Wiseman, like, you know, you're now taking away perimeter players. And I think that that, well, I don't think, I think it's pretty evident that that's like the core strength of the Warriors is their perimeter shooters. But that's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, is it time that maybe we go away from, from that, even if it's a little bit? Oh, I'm not just, saying you have to completely scrap it but i'm saying hey instead of taking you know 40 percent of your shots behind three let's go with maybe 35 oh, yeah. or something oh no like no I'm, I'm i'm with you i think it's yeah. a case-by-case situation though okay. whether it's your no, no. whether it's your roster and who you're playing right so yeah if you have steph if you have clay you're definitely shooting threes like that's safety's off <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure i just you know i'm just wondering now i'm like Maybe we don't look for it as much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I see a bit of a trend here. Uh, I'm starting to see the role of the big man starting to come back a little bit. I mean, look at Embiid, right? I, yeah. Guy's awesome. Guy can shoot and everything like that. But you're telling me that Philly really needed him. I think Philly needed him inside too, right? At the same time, look at Porzingis. <laughs> Philly needed somebody who can, you know, dictate and run a pick and pop as well. But they needed somebody who didn't have to, you know, pass up a wide open oh, yeah. layup. Yeah, a dunk. You mean the slam dunk? <laughs> he could have. He could even laid that in. Like that. That could have been an easy little layup right there too. I know. Um, back to Chris Paul. There's reports saying that the Knicks are willing to go hired after him. Do you think Paul leaves? Um, I don't think he leaves for the Knicks. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think um, he's, I think he stays put. I I could see him potentially leaving, but I could also see him like I, it's very hard to find the suitors that I think that he'd be like okay. So he clearly doesn't need the um traditional uh traditional super team around him. He just needs himself a good big man and a reliable shooter right and i think that'll be okay but i also like what he has i think he likes what he has in phoenix i think um monty williams being there is going to be a huge decision into this i think so too and the only thing left to do is get the numbers right yeah no i agree with you on that one i think he ends up staying in phoenix i don't see him going anywhere else especially if they win a championship why leave when you have a good chance of repeating yeah, Honestly. for sure. They, Plus, they have um, a great team. Kudos, kudos to Monty Williams because Monty, 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 when they got Monty, when Phoenix signed him, 
um, he came out and said, I made a mistake with Chris Paul when I was coaching him in New Orleans, which is I had to, I tried to tell him what to do and it had to be this way in the third. And now I'm actually listening to Chris Paul and we're working together and, you know, we're being right as teammates. So no one um, was, no one was as happy to see them win as those two guys were for each other. For sure. Monty hugging Chris and saying, it's okay. Like you can, you can let it go. And like, you're, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. It was, it was a great moment to see. Last one here for basketball, at least. Ben Simmons, let's touch upon this. <clears throat> Rumor has it that the Pacers offered Brogdon and a first, which is a lottery pick, for Ben Simmons. Sixers said no. They said that they're only trading Ben Simmons for an all-star caliber player. My question to you is, isn't Brogdon like on his way to being an NBA all-star caliber player? Um, he may be like uh, a step or two off, but I don't think he's that far. And he's he still be, pretty he young. Might, he might be still in that too with like Victor Oladipo with more time on his side. Right. So he's kind of in that CJ McCollum. Yeah. Like they can make team USA if the right people bail out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got you. <laughs> that's that's where that's where I have him at. I think he there's still room to grow in his game. Obviously, you know, just the timing, the practice, the little things, um, the supporting units. I know he has Sabonis around him, which is great. What if Miles? Oh man, actually, well, I, I'm going to save this for a different time because we know. But just, we, yeah, but I mean, you're talking about the 13th pick in the draft this year, plus mm-hmm. Brockton. Yeah, so, I would have made that trade though. That's immense. We've done it. I, and I think Brogdon, his playmaking abilities is a lot better. I find he's a lot more offensive than Ben is. But I guess Ben hurts – like, Ben's strength is on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Sixers are kind of saying, okay, if we're if we're losing him, we have to at least get back somebody who is somewhat – maybe he's more offensive, but he's at least somewhat respectable defensively. Right. And I also think the other issue is, um, let's not be foolish here. Uh, a draft pick doesn't necessarily mean success. No, not at all. So I think they look at it like, okay, well, we might be getting this tier two, tier three player, and now we're going to take a gamble, like on a person that we invested the first and paid paid heavily. Like, no, we have to be able to justify this too. But what if they can? But what if it ends up being a three way deal? Well, now I'm let's, intrigued. Let, let's insert Portland into this. Oh, oh, and Dane. Yeah. So what if it's it ends up being Dane back to Philly? Like Dane to Philly, Simmons to uh, Indiana. Indiana. Brogdon to. And the 13th. To Portland. To Portland. But that would be only under the contingency that, that Portland's blowing this up, which yeah. we don't know. It's quiet on that front. I think we're going to be monitoring this all summer. I mean, it feels like it's going to be Dame. It's Dame time summer, basically. I, I think we're all blowing this up, and <laughs> the Portland media is like, "We're not trading Dame. Are you crazy?" <laughs> I will say this: if any team can afford to make a move for Dame, Indiana yeah. is got to be considered. Yeah. They have great pieces there that they could easily move off. 
they've got collateral with their picks too. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of does Dame really want to go to Indiana? Which well, the only way I could sell them on this is the Colts are there. So that's cool. <laughs> because that's the other issues because we don't even think that Miles Turner will be there. No, that yeah, like so but, now, like what are you doing at center? <laughs> but then it's like if you get Dame, do you think Miles comes? considers? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's pretty – I think it's over. Maybe. It's, and it also – and it's it's a new regiment in, in Indiana. It's it's Rick Carlisle's time over there too. So do we know about Damon Carlisle's rapport at all? No. No, we don't. No, that's, that's the thing. And to be honest, like, I don't think anybody knows what Dame wants to do either besides Dame. I besides think it's – yeah, I think a lot of this, like you said, is media. It's just the media blowing this situation up, trying to make a story out of nothing. But maybe the story – I mean, there is some smoke. We'll say that. Sure. I, absolutely. I mean, there's there's got to be some noise of – well, he posted the cryptic tweets himself, so. The question is, is it like Undertaker smoke or is it like forest <laughs> fire smoke? We don't know. Um. Anything else? You want to touch upon Siakam to the Warriors? <laughs> uh, for That's Wiseman, not happening. Have's not happening. Sorry, guys. That's a tough one. I also thought it was great coincidence that the Habs and the Phoenix Suns appeared at each of their finals, just like they did in '93. Well, hopefully, it goes better for the Suns than it did for the Habs. <laughs> it might shape up that way. Let's see. No, I don't think that there's much else real new music, unless you want to touch upon the Drake first. Drake first was fire. I mean, there's not much else to say about that. I'm here for all the male toxicity, and <laughs> that's that's exactly what it's for. And if you want to hear male toxicity besides Drake, go listen to the division re- record with um, Ty Dolla Sign and Mac Miller. There you go. That's your public endorsement right there. Well, Got that listen, chase chase approved, eh? Um, I'm for any song that's about to start with "Bitch, you lied to my face, and I believe it." <laughs> Ooh. It's a great song, though. Um, Tell us yeah. how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go listen to Drake first. <laughs> that explains how I feel. <laughs> anything else for hip-hop? I don't think there's anything else that's... Uh, no, I don't know what's coming up this week. I know next week is um, second Pop Smoke post-Thomas album. Yeah, and I guess we just continue to wait for Certified Lover Boy. It'll never drop. I have a f- no. I'm kidding. <laughs> he it has to if he's rapping like this. Oh, for sure. If, if he's rapping like this, because like he sounds inspired now. Yeah, for sure. The boy is back. I never turn my back. I just slap the backs. <laughs> July sixteenth, big day. July sixteenth, man. Um, Space Jam two. <laughs> Zach, Zach, will you be watching Space Jam two? Uh, you are going to have a little date night? Oh, we're checking it out. I'm checking it out for sure. I'm going to the theaters for that one. Fuck that. We're going all out. <laughs> Can you bring popcorn? I don't know. Too bad. <laughs> Not me, man. Straight to bootleg with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> man, Nothing. $40 he, for two people at the movie theater? Are you crazy? He, he lies. This is we're all jokes. He's going to be paying for it. Comfort of my no. own home with liquor? No, what? No. 
He's going to be comforting. <laughs> he'll watch it at, his, at the comfort of his own home through cineplex.com. <laughs> <laughs> Why they're um, not paying us? Fuck <laughs> <Point> them. <laughs> this is uh, Chase. <laughs> Chase's point of view. Just by, Chase's by comments way, and Chase's Zach, views. This, Zach, this is just me seeing how safe you're gonna play and how much more reckless I have to be to get a slick out of here. <laughs> Did you see how I started this podcast? Oh, I loved how you started this podcast. Oh. So I just you know, you can <laughs> you can craft the Bill Cosby jokes and I'll go after corporate America. It's great. <laughs> oh, Gotta we're love supposed fudge. to protect. We're supposed to protect each other from these people, Zach. Uh, Putting pops for everyone. That's what I have to say. To <laughs> Putting uh, pops and quaaludes. What a mess. Putting pops and quaaludes. <laughs> oh, I can't believe he got out. That's just I, he got out on the technicality though, which is I don't the, like, care. Part. Like I know it's shit, but. If you feel like this now, what are you going to do when like Weinstein gets out on technicality? No, that deals in that. That's already done, yeah. Probably so. Believe me, I don't believe that these people should be out. But yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Unfortunately, nope, not really. Uh, You know, finals. (laughs) Enjoy the finals. We we doing something for the finals here? Yeah, we can meet up for a couple games there. I think we'd maybe do a little live stream or something. I don't know. I think I think I think we're about due for that. Listeners, um, what do you want us to do for the finals? Send us a little DM message there and on the Instagram page. Let us know. Appreciate uh, the comments and feedback too. Thinking of anything else. Not to rush too far ahead there, but we should also start thinking of division breakdowns and winners for the NFL season mm. that's coming. Definitely, maybe do a little fantasy uh, sleeper podcast too. Oh yeah, mock, mock draft season's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to kick everybody's ass again. Ugh. Actually, while we're here, and listeners, maybe you guys could think about this too and chime in. Zach, how would you feel about playing fantasy football with Claudia? So I'm playing fantasy football. <laughs> right, okay, you saying in a league? No, yes. Like you're saying in a, like in a league, a, like a couples league. Are you guys on this? Are you guys co-managing a team? Or are you guys no. against each other? Against each other. That's you can't, free. and you can't you can't have collusion. You're not allowed. No, then that's awesome. Like I think that's great. To be honest, okay. I think. And you know what? I would be wagering like shit on there too, right? Like right. I'd be like dishes. Like <laughs> whoever wins this week has to do dishes for like. Oh man. Yeah, man. I would up the stakes on this one. Um. So I've entertained the thought. I talked to Shani about it, but she she's in, but not really in because she kind of has to learn the ropes of fantasy football. But yeah, no, I, I was going to entertain the thought of maybe trying to start a couples league. Listen, I... And it's going to be much easier for us to get a 14-man uh, league. <laughs> 100%. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know on my end, like Claudia probably won't, wouldn't do it just because okay. football for her is like, what? <laughs> okay. um she enjoys watching it but she has no clue what the rules and what's going on and she knows what a touchdown is a field goal she knows the scoring system so but else- so then zach that's beautiful she can play fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> those are the people that win though um we'll burn but, this part so she'll never hear that uh but on a side note i mean I think, like I said, I think couples playing in the same division or same league together definitely 
I, I'm I'm for it. I think it definitely would heighten your ability to pay attention to that league. Let's be honest, we've all been a part of leagues where maybe the first couple of weeks was so awesome and everybody's talking trash. And then as the league gets, as the year kindly drags on, yeah, sorry, as the year kind of drags on, you tend to lose interest, focus, maybe your team's not doing well, dealing with injuries. At least with this, it's kind of like an extra motivation to yeah. to try before it. You, before your lady talks shit to you at home about a dub. <laughs> and that's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, if Shani needs a co-manager, I could help her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, if I can get this going, I'm going to let you guys know, and we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> listen, I'm all for fantasy, so it's all it's all good. It's all good. Um, quick note, though, on that. Speaking of, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Now I remember. So who's your fantasy football number one running back this year? Ooh. You know, I'm in such a scary place with fantasy football because I can't even trust my draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I'm on a spree of, like, my first overall pick going down and I just not. So. Oh, I, okay. But I'm not saying like, if you, ha- let's say you have, I know. Um, Are we going, do you go McCaffrey, cook, Camara, Henry, Saquon? I, I'm, I might go McCaffrey. Okay. Actually, no, uh, I'm going to go Dalvin cook. Reliability. Not, I can't go. Yeah, no, I can't go Camara because I don't know what they're doing there with James and um, Taysom. McCaffrey's going to be fine with Darnold. I know that. And I just don't trust anybody else. Uh, Calvin, Calvin did his thing last year, so he should be up there. And yeah, it's no slight to anybody else like Alvin Kamara, but. Yeah, I got McCaffrey too. I just yeah. think, I just think with Darnold, it opens up the playbook for him a little bit more too. Um, offensive line is getting better once say he has improved but is getting better so i'm expecting bigger numbers from him he's a swiss he's a swiss army knife at the end of the day the one thing that kind of scares me though is darnold throwing the ball a little bit more than bridgewater okay uh understandably so one one aspect that should kind of ease your train of thought there is he has a target that he had in new york Mm, true yeah yeah so i'm not as adverse to that because i'm like oh well there's some familiarity there still so it's okay yeah but i mean to dalvin cook but like if i want to draw back on that too for dalvin cook right i mean i think if i have to say this minnesota's offense is probably going to look to up justin jefferson's production uh, production his his total catches and 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 balls thrown his way probably going to go up Thielen's probably going to have the same amount we'll say yeah a i don't know if they're going to lean on dalvin as much as they did last year so that's, that's a tough one too but that's why you play fantasy football it's exactly. to figure out ways of getting around mm-hmm. that to be horribly disappointed <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a bit of a streak, so I can't say anything. I've been uh, at least in the top two for the last couple of years, but that's probably going to go crashing down now that I've been bragging about it. So, 
I'm, uh, Cheers to last. It's about, it's, it's about time for my tides to turn because, like, this this has been a rough stretch for the last two years. Mm-hmm. On that note, I think we could call that a wrap. I think it's a wrap, buddy. That's the two PC. We out. Peace.